This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. everybody it's thursday which means it's time for the stacy west podcast and as always i'm ben joined by gary how are we getting on mate we're getting on very well mate thank you have you forgot what episode we're on now we're on a, episode 18 episode 18 yeah i should probably say that at the start um yeah so we think touching all of the wood that i'm available to touch at the moment and that's not a euphemism uh that i think we've got all of the audio issues sorted out so bear with us if they do crop up again we can only apologize but hopefully we should be good this week. Yeah, well, let's keep our fingers crossed and see how it goes. Yeah, you're sounding all right so far, which yeah. is uh, which is always a pleasure. So, um, we will kick off with the game at the weekend against Stevenage. Uh, sounded like a really tough fought one nil win. Um, you know, John Akindi's penalty, the difference between us and Stevenage. Uh, they've, I mean, they've, they've been doing all right, haven't they? I think they've been. They've been all right fairly recently, and I think from from the sounds of things on the radio, uh, it definitely sounded like it was a, a tough game uh, and one that we maybe shaded, but I think nobody really would have complained about a draw on either side. I think we would have complained about a draw because I think um, when you go away somewhere like Stevenage, and I, when I say that, I mean to a team that are expected to finish in between the region of, of let's say, 13th and 4th, if you want to be champions, um, you've got to win some of these games. Now, I, I rubbished that a while ago. I was one of these saying, you know, people who say you've got to win your home games are wrong if you win your away games. People who say you've got to beat the likes of Morecambe are wrong if you beat the likes of Notts County or whatever. But too many times recently we've been saying things like, you know, we'll be all right because I know we, we're unbeaten or, or at some point we have to start picking up the wins. So for me, that was a massive, massive win. It can't be understated because we needed to keep the momentum going. We've got, you know, we've had a couple of good wins in the FA Cup. It's all well and good. We had to get back to winning ways properly in the league. Um, and so for me, to draw that game and, and put no finer point on it would have been a complete disaster, in my opinion. Um, not in terms of who we were playing, because they're a very formidable opponent. Um, they play a nice direct game. They're strong, they're compact, they're organised. Um, but just in terms of our season, irrespective of who it was, we needed to win that game of football. 
that's absolutely fair enough and i think you've you know you're right on that in that um it, it was necessary for for us to get the win i think um when i say i don't think any teams would have maybe complained about it i i kind of mean on the day it sounded a bit like it was um you know it sounded like it was a very even contest it sounded like you know the two teams were, were cancelling each other out in many areas i mean the stats kind of show that i know you say that you know we, we can make stats say anything but 51-49 in terms of possession you think okay well maybe you know what was the difference in in, in the day and uh, ultimately it was uh, the thing that a lot of people have been complaining about, which was, you know, a John Akindi penalty. Um, it sounded like Stevenage did pretty well to keep him quiet for the rest of the game. And it, you know, certainly seemed like they had a, a few chances towards the end where they started to pile on the pressure. But it, it showed, didn't it, at the, at the final whistle when um, there were some videos on social media that, that Danny and Nicky absolutely exploded when that final whistle went because they were delighted with those three points i think it's for the reason that you say uh it's uh you know it's, it's a really important win and do you reckon we can um well I, I think this is probably a point where they say right we'll draw a line under what's happened previously um we've had you know instances of, of maybe performances not being where they should be we've had results not being the ones that we were expecting to get but now we've you know we've got almost back to winning ways and i think we need to try and capitalize that on saturday so well, yeah. what do you think yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to gloss over um, Saturday too quickly, uh, and and kind of say we'll, we'll draw a line. Not not we have to. We you know, it's always about the next game. Um, but you know, our responsibility is to pick over the bones, isn't it? And I think you were right. Yeah. I think I think first thirty minutes, I actually don't think we were too bad at all. Stephen had tried to play football on the ground in those first thirty minutes. No matter what anyone told you about them being long ball, they they, they didn't do that straight away. No doubt whatsoever about that. Uh, and what that ended up doing, you know, I, it played into everything that we wanted them to do. You know, while they're playing it on the floor, we could handle that. You're not going to play it through the setup that we have, the midfielders, Shackle, Bozzi. It's not going to happen, not that easily. Not when you're Stevenage and not MK Dons, if you know what I mean. Um, I mean, mm. John, Big John, I thought had a great game. And, you know, I'll fall out with people eventually over it because there was somebody on social media saying he was shit. He wasn't tracking back. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. And I, you know, I, I, it's not even up for discussion because he was. Um, he did track back. I, I saw him put a challenge in on, on Cuthbert, the former Luton captain, um, inside his own half after following him back from a, as they carried the ball out of defence. So, you know, these talk of lazy etc which i think on reflection and I, i'm not going to say it out loud but on reflection when you look at some of these stuff that's happened in the last week and the way that certain players are being portrayed by the language that's being used around them um i think it's you know it's, it's food for thought we call john akindi lazy we don't call matt reed lazy because matt reed's a big guy who doesn't need to chase for everything mm, there isn't really a lot of difference there um but anyway we'll, we'll gloss over that because it's it's you know it's borderline controversial um, but he did superbly to win his penalty, put it away incredibly well. Um, you know, his, the keeper went the right way. Mm-hmm. But if you put a penalty in the right place, nine times out of ten, you score. And that's what does he scores. Um, but they then began to come back into it because they started playing more direct. Let's not forget, in the first half, we had the wind in our favour. So we had a good 30, 35 minutes. Second half, they battered as they had the wind in their favour. Um, so conditions played a big part. They've got some neat and tidy players, but the one thing they don't have that we had, I I think, was was the ability to take the chance when it came. And we've been criticised for that in recent weeks, haven't we? 
Um, you know, when we don't take chances, we don't score enough goals. Mm, well, if we don't score enough goals, yeah. the twenty other twenty-two other teams in this division are buggered um, because they've scored fewer than us. So it's a one-nil win. It's a battle, but we're there. Yeah, and that's absolutely it. You know, it's a one-nil win. That, like you say, that I'm I'm fed up of having the argument of you know, well, it's you know, goals from open play, goals from open play. It's like right, well, Saturday we won with a goal that came from the penalty spot. And if we didn't have the guy in the team, we wouldn't have scored it. You know, it, yeah. it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a result. Um, we went out the check trade trophy because we couldn't score a penalty uh, in normal time, and then we went out of it fully because we couldn't score enough penalties in in penalty shootout. So, you know, don't underestimate the ability of putting a ball away from twelve yards. And Matt Reed, I, I love Matt Reed. Um, it might come across that I criticise him on here, and that's not the case at all. He's a fantastic bloke. He's been brilliant servant for this club. But if I had somebody, if I had to have a penalty taken to save my life, if somebody, I had to pick one person to score a penalty, and if they score it, I'm saved. And if they miss it, I'm basically brown bread. Um, John Akindi. There's no way I'd pick Reedy. Every time Reedy steps up to take a penalty, I clench my bum cheeks and close my eyes. But with John Akindi, if I hear John Akindi's behind the penalty, I'm writing down 1-0 in my little notebook. I'm telling you. <laughs> and that... As easy as it might seem, and you know anybody can say it, but it is—it's not that straightforward. And if you've got somebody who's deadpan from the spot, okay, it's not worth paying a record fee just for somebody who's got that. And I think that John's settling now, but I have no fear whatsoever. And if he now gets a penalty and misses it on Saturday, I'm giving up, and someone else can do the podcast. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case. But um, I think the thing is with. Um... You know, the thing is with the the result on Saturday, it was uh, it, it was a, a phrase that kept being used at the end of the game, where they said, "Oh, it's a you know, it's a team effort, and it's the it, it's the gelling." You know, everyone started to gel as a unit, and it was hard to pick a man of the match because it was just one unit moving around. And I think that's exactly what we wanted to hear as as Lincoln City fans. You know, we've we've had moments of brilliance from individuals. Um, and moments of frustration from other individuals. And I think when you've got people that are, you know, putting their heads down and, and getting their, um, kind of getting everything into gear in, in the right way. I mean, I obviously, I, I couldn't make the match, but it sounded like, although there was a lot of pressure on us throughout the game, it sounded like they, they managed to soak it up and, and work as one in a way of, of kind of moving everything forward and, and keeping, you know, everyone sort of defended when they needed to defend. Everyone, you know, move forward when they needed to move forward. And I think it sounded like a a good, solid team that was starting to starting to put the pieces into place. I've heard, you know, I've heard a few criticisms of individuals at the weekend. I think Harry Anderson's come in for a bit more stick from from certain circles as well. And I think, you know, when you've when you've got a one nil win that's that's been ground out at a place that is not the easiest place to go in the world. You know, it's it sounds like it was a a good win and like you said earlier it's one that we needed to get under our belts so I think an interesting point there you've just picked up on and um is is Harry Anderson because yeah I've, I've seen some criticism of him and criticism is actually fine when it's not vitriolic which I think is a mm-hmm. word it's not a word I apologize um when it's not vitriol filled um yeah I can see how some people get frustrated with Harry I can see when we've got Callum Gordon coming on and scoring twice in in as many appearances, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a shout there for for kind of dropping him. Um, I just think when it comes to that criticism, 
I think I, I always, I, I went, you know, a little glimpse into my uh, dodgy past as a, a manager of a builder's merchant, but I used to go on a lot of these, um, what I termed at the time as bullshit management courses, um, where <laughs> you'd go away for three days and you'd, you'd climb logs and, you know, do team building and hug it out and then, you know, pretend it was great. And one thing I was always taught and it always stuck with me was that criticism is a negative word. And so you can always, it's always talking about being developmental. Now, this isn't going to happen if we're going to get called everything under the sun. But if rather than kind of saying, Harry's crap, should play Kellen Gordon, I like the com- I like the comments that kind of go, like, Harry's end product hasn't been that great, but he has actually been full of direct running and effort. Because by just saying somebody's crap, you're essentially saying that everything that they do is bad. Harry Anderson wouldn't be playing on the right wing for us if everything he did was bad, and it's not. He's bullish, he's strong, he'll put a tackle in sometimes, whereas maybe Bruno wouldn't because of the type of player that they are. But his end product hasn't been brilliant. And some of the comments I read about Harry are entirely justified. And if Harry were to read them, they're the sort of thing we go, oh, yeah, okay. Like, the, yeah, I mean, we talked ahead of the, the, the program about the about the criticism that we've received for the manner in which we deliver some of the uh, conversation and that sort of thing. That's fine because we take it on board because it's not. And I think we've got to be careful. Uh, and it's arguing a point kind of against. We've got to be careful of dampening down opinion. Um, and John, the John Akindi debate's another one whereby yeah, I've been guilty of over-defending John because everybody's ready to try and kick him um, yeah, after one bad game. And it's about trying to find that middle ground. And, yeah, and that's just what I'm saying. It's quite right. We, we can actually say, and other people can actually say, look, Harry, he hasn't been brilliant the last couple of games. I disagree. I actually don't think he's been that bad. Um, you know, I think his, his direct power and pace scares people. It's just that end, end product. Um, but I think, yeah, I think yeah. there's always going to be a little bit of a debate there. I just wish that when people were going to give some form of feedback, they would think about the manner in which it's delivered. Um, but they haven't all had the experience of going to Braithy Hall on Ambleside and having to build a raft in their pants or whatever it was we did. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And I think, to be honest, that's kind of the key, the key argument is that we've said it before, is that criticism or feedback, however you want to put it across, is always welcome it's just the manner in which you do so. And like you say, if, if you're sitting there going, they're shit, that's shit, this is shit, nothing's ever going to change. And it's uh, it's the it's the extremes of opinion that I think really... Nobody nobody really thinks like that. Nobody ever thinks in, in absolute extremes. There's always shades of grey in whatever you do, you know, without the bondage. But it's um, it's probably that that middle ground where people can... They can criticise people, you know. I... I think Harry is an excellent player, but I'm, you know, fully behind you in what you say. Where his his final ball or his final decision maybe hasn't been great or as good as we know it could potentially be over the past few weeks. So, um, but yeah, let's player. probably still a good player. Oh yeah, he's an excellent player. Still you know, my dad's favourite. If you slag Harry Anderson off to my dad, you're going to get the death stare. <laughs> That's the thing. He's he's a great lad. You know, he's he's a really lovely guy as well. I think there's um there's been a few pictures doing the rounds, um on social media of of him and Josh at you know a couple of uh, the, the the kids football parties that they do at the club. And I think he's he was um, we went to Cheltenham last season. I went away and we were sat in the stand and he was there um, in the stand because he, he was currently unavailable for selection. So he was uh, he, he was stood in the stands. You know, just going to just milling around with all the fans you know he's a really nice kid and he's 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 still a young lad and he's he's still going to learn and I think that's the thing where he's he's in the best place to do that because of the players he's got around him so 
Anyway, um, one more thing that I just want to touch on on the game from the weekend. Um, how quickly did your heart jump into your mouth after the kickoff on Saturday? Yeah, it was a bizarre one, wasn't it? Um, I mean, Alex Ravel, the boy that was in the, you know, we, we picked him out as a as a kind of a target man. I, I can't remember whether we did it on here or in my um, in my other preview and said, you know, he's will be a lot of elbows and a lot of collisions that are fair but brutal. Um and it was fair, but brutal within a minute. It kind of the, the prophecy had more or less come true. I think I called a penalty as well. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, though, Grant Smith, what a good game he had. Um, yeah. You know, considering he's been in and out, a, a master stroke by Danny. When I saw Danny had signed Grant Smith, my first thought was, what the, what the hell's he doing here? We've got Josh Vickers, you know. Why is he bringing in Grant Smith? He's, this is an England sea keeper. This is a guy who's going to want to play football. I, I think that they're more than aware that Josh's injury is going to be something that keeps reoccurring. Um, yeah. And, you know, with, with Grant coming in, he put in the sort of display that makes you think, well, in actual fact, we haven't got a keeper and a backup. We've got two first choice keepers. Yeah. You know. I think, um, you know, the fact that, that uh, Grant Smith made multiple team of the weeks um, at, at the weekend, I think it was uh, it, it was a really good, like I say, in some respects, you know, it's a masterstroke from 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 to bring him in, and I think it speaks volumes to the uh, to the recruitment strategy that Danny's put in place because he's uh, he's he's not done too badly, has he? Overall, I mean, there's been what a couple he, of uh, low knees. But... What uh, what Grant Smith does need to do though is stop saying you know during his interview. I think I need to do that during the podcast as well. So uh, let's... <laughs> I didn't know I, that wasn't a pig. That I noticed a couple of players <laughs> who have got a little a little thing. You listen to a Matt Reed interview, uh, and every question that he gets asked, without fail, these first two words are "Yeah, definitely." Every time, <laughs> and when and I, you know, I think Matt's brilliant. He's hilarious. When you chat to him normally on the phone, he's you know, he's not like that. When people go on the radio. You, you you have those kind of safe phrases that you go to. I've I've done it myself, and and Matt says, yeah, definitely, and literally, I I, I think I counted fifteen to twenty, you knows, uh, from Grant, bless him, <laughs> yeah, and you know it's a good game to win, and you know we got the three points, and it's nice, you know, to come back in and keep, you know. But it's easy to do. My wife hates it. My wife absolutely hates it when I pick up on things like that when she's listening to the radio or watching telly. <laughs> Because I'll, I'll say one thing. I'll just say like, like with Grant Smith, if if we listen to the interview, I just go, you know, and she'll she'll pick up on us. Oh, you bastard! And can't listen you to that anymore. I, me and Fee actually played the yeah definitely game one night here with uh, with Matt Reed, um, and I know that there'll be somebody will now comment on the <laughs> podcast and go, yeah, but you always say such and such on the pod, but yeah, whatever, you know, you know. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Where were we? We were getting sidetracked. I know. I know full well I am an absolute nightmare with certain <laughs> phrases, but anybody that overuses the phrase literally can literally be fired into the sun. I'm just. I know, I've that just said that there. on the Grant Smith piece, so we're all as bad as one another. Yeah, but well, no, but that that was a literal thing. Like you know, he, he literally used it a lot of times in an interview. Like he didn't literally have kittens. No. I've heard that one used before. Like, oh, he literally had kittens at the weekend. <laughs> really. <laughs> You literally had kittens. <laughs> anyway, where are we, Ben? We're, 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 we're veering off badly, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we are indeed. But um, obviously, you know, we've got the... There we go, you know. Uh, we've got the game on Saturday to talk about um, with with Morecambe. Uh, do we want to do that one first or do we want to cover uh, Ticketgate oh, and Jesus, the team let's not first? cover Ticketgate just yet. Let's put that off. Morecambe. 
Let's go with Morecambe. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's so, me, isn't it? Okay, so we've got Morecambe, Morecambe coming to the game on uh, on Saturday. Uh, coming down to the bank. 19th in the table. Not particularly setting the world on fire. Um, what do you think? What, I what think are your thoughts? it will be nine men behind the ball. One man looking to hit on the break. Defend, defend, defend. Uh, not being critical of Morecambe, Jim Bentley's done a phenomenal job there. There's no way they should still be in the Football League. Year after year, they've been battling around the bottom five or six places, and every year they fight their way through. And that's mm-hmm. what Morecambe are, they're fighters. Now, um, as a, a, before I go into the analysis on yeah. them, as, as a general rule, if we don't win this game on Saturday, uh, it's going to cause uproar because... These are the games you've got to win. You have got to beat Morecambe at home. They are, um, I mean, I'm going back to an old yeah. computer game here, but they're cannon fodder. They're the ones that turn up, get beat, go home. And um, no matter how well they play, no matter who they've got in their team, um, and this isn't me being arrogant, we have a bigger budget, uh, we have better players, we've got more people behind the scenes. This is just fact. And that's why what they do every year is actually remarkable, really remarkable. Mm. You know, on a, for me, on a par with Accrington Stanley because they're a similar size club. I mean, Accrington have done brilliantly. Jim Bentley just keeping them in the league. It's phenomenal. Um, so they play a, a 4-2-3-1, which really will be a bank of um, nine behind the ball and, and, and one going forward. The one going forward is a familiar face, Vidane Oliver. So again, we know there's going to be plenty of elbows, plenty of needle if he scores, mm-hmm. which is doubtful given his current record. Um, but he'll come over and give it big licks to the fans as well because he, you know, he, he was booed roundly when he came with York in the FA Trophy a couple of years ago. We've got a couple of other players that will be familiar. Um, Jordan Cranston spent a short time on loan with us. He's doubtful for the game, but he might play in one of the two defensive midfield roles. Uh, and then, of course, and this is a player who we all love to hate, but I don't. I actually have got a special place in my heart for the bald-headed bugger. Um, <laughs> Kevin Ellison. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Ellison is, for me, he is one of the best left-sided players I've seen in a Lincoln City shirt. And I think he played 14 games on loan. What I liked about Kevin Ellison is he's a hard bastard uh, and he wasn't afraid to show that. I mean, I remember him clouting a Huddersfield fan because we'd, we'd lost in the playoff semi-final. A Huddersfield fan ran on giving it big mouth to Kevin Ellison and, and Ellison is a, a rough and rumble, rough and ready scouser. Yeah. In recent years, he's gained even more of my respect uh, because he's been very, very honest about his battle with mental health issues. And there's, there's types of players you expect to be honest about that sort of thing. And there's types of ex-players that you do not in a million years think will ever speak about something like that. And he's one of them. Mm. Um, and also he did a hilarious video about pace on FIFA the other week. I saw that. That was because brilliant. He's, you see it? Yeah. And I just, I, I just think we all, you know, people go to Kevin Allison, oh, I remember this against Chester or this or whatever. He's nearly 40 years old. He's nearly as old as me. He's still playing professional football. I mean, the man for me... I actually, and I'm not kind of blowing smoke up his ass. He's actually inspirational. He really is. And I will happily boo him. And I'll happily, yeah, he's a brilliant pantomime villain, but he is a credit to Morecambe and he's a credit to professional football, in my opinion. Yeah, I I can't, I can't really disagree with that. You know, it's always, he's fun to, he's fun to, you know, give a little bit of stick to when he arrives at the bank and and sort of tries to wind up the co-op as he usually does. But like you say, the, the, the honesty and the you know the sort of 
the attitude that he's got towards some of the problems that he's faced, I think is, it is genuinely inspirational. I mean, as, as somebody that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily try and shy away from, from things that are going on in, in my life, you know, sort of I put something out on Twitter today that just sort of said, you know, I've, I've, without going too much into it, I've had a bit of a relapse with, with some of the stuff I've been going through. Um, yeah. and I've had messages from, from listeners, um, you know, publicly and, and privately in, in response to that, that have said, mate, you know, you know, here, if you need to, to talk and, you know, appreciate you speaking out about it. It's like, I'm not trying to do it because I think, oh, well, if I speak out about it, more people will, but it's just because it's, it's an honesty thing, you know? And I think somebody in the public eye, such as Kevin Ellison, even though he's playing a league two club that, like you say, are somewhat lucky to be in the football league or, you know, are doing very well to stay in the football league. It's always nice to see uh, public figures speaking out about things like that. I mean, Billy Key is obviously another one at Accrington who's been incredibly vocal about his struggles, and he's he's done well. He's 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 worked miracles at that you Drew, know, with with Accrington. Drew Broughton, but yeah, Drew Broughton, and obviously you know Nathan as well. Yeah. It's um, it's yeah, it's it's heartening to see. But for two hours on Saturday, I I will. Uh, what was the word we used for for, for the Cooperman? Um, I don't know. No, it was it was just not not hate. Hate was too strong a word. Dislike, treat with disdain. Oh, the, the thing with Ellison is, if there's a melee in the middle of the park and Matt Reed's giving it big mouth, Ellison will be the first one steaming in there with his face, and we'll all boo him. Um, and you know, but that's oh, that, yeah. that's the pantomime of football. I just think as an individual, um, yeah, I'd, you know, I don't want him to win on Saturday. I don't even want him to play well. I want him to fall on his ass and have everyone laugh at him along with Dane Oliver and Jordan <laughs> Cranston and Alex Kenyon and anyone else they've got playing for them. But I just think, you know, you, yeah. football's not just 11 men on a pitch for 90 minutes and too many people see that it is. Just, but please, yeah, yeah. give Ellison a no, good absolutely. round of booze because he will, in fact, no, actually don't because he'll love it and he thrives on he'll it. He'll love it, won't he? <laughs> yeah. If you read on, if you follow him on Twitter and I do, he is a proper wind-up merchant. He gets off on that sort of thing. Yeah, genuinely, it, it motivates him and fuels him. And um, I, I just think I, he might not even play. There's an outside chance that he won't because, you know, he is falling apart at the seams these days, isn't he? He's, you know, he's old me and I know what it's mm. like. Yeah, I go to bed at two o'clock on a Saturday and it still hurts me on a Wednesday. So it must be the same for him. <laughs> Do you reckon it will be, um, you know, we'll get Alan before the game. Just go, and let's give a nice, warm, sensible bank welcome to a good friend, Kevin Ellis, and see if it winds him up a little bit. Absolutely not. No, that'll wind up too many of our own fans, <laughs> We don't give anyone a warm welcome, remember, do we? We don't do that unless it's Terry Hawkins and he scores, and then we'll all stand up and give him a round of fucking applause. Excuse my language, applause, won't we? Oh, Kevin Ellis, uh, Terry Orkwood just scored. We liked Terry. Let's give him a round of applause. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know what? I know that this is going off on it, and I know that people will criticise. It was a good goal, but when our fans applauded Terry Orkridge for scoring the fourth goal at Notts County, I wanted to be sick. And I liked, <laughs> I did, and I liked Terry, and I respected Terry. But for 90 minutes, if the players on the pitch are not wearing red and white stripes or grey and black or whatever it is when we play away, I'm not going to applaud them. And it, I just find it baffling. People, oh, well, he used to play for us and it was a good goal. Are you a football fan? Honestly, <laughs> it's just ludicrous. I'll applaud him for the game. I'll applaud him after the game. It's like Paul Farman. You know, I, I would happily give Paul Farman a round of applause, all that sort of stuff. But for 90 minutes, football's a game. And, I, yeah. I, you know, I, sorry, I know that we're going off on t- tangent a little bit and it was a year and a bit ago. But genuinely, when I heard that round of applause, I just thought, 
four and a half thousand Lincoln City fans in that stadium and there's 2,000 of them that need to go home and hang their head in disgrace. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that is, I mean, what, should, should, we, should we call it? I'm saying 2-0 City. I, I think 2-0 or 3-0. I, I, I can't really... I think if Grant Smith pulls out another performance like uh, like Saturday's out of the bag, uh, I can't really see him conceding. And I think uh, with, I mean, if we if we go with three up front again, so if we go with you know Andrade and Akindi and um, and Harry, I think we can probably use the pace that we've got to 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 go past them. I mean, I, you know, I think if Ellison does play. Um, he's not going to know what hits him when he's up against the likes of Harry. And I think if we, one thing we've not actually seen for a few weeks, which is something that I wanted to bring up actually is the, um, it's the lack of the, the switching of the wingers. Cause I know mm-hmm. early on in the season, it was quite, um, it was quite common to, to, you know, look down or, you know, pick your drink up from the floor. And then when you look up, all of a sudden Harry and Bruno have completely switched sides. And that's yeah. not happened that much over the past few games. And I don't know if that's, well, obviously it's going to be intentional to, to a degree, but I, I just wonder if when you've got a team that is going to be, you know, languishing in the in the bottom half of the table, I just wonder if that's going to be an opportunity to maybe throw the cat among the pigeons a little bit and really mix things up. Possibly. We haven't we haven't had a, a decent corner for a couple of weeks either. It might be time to start throwing one or two of them in the area and all. Why is um, my cloak on on set pieces? Don't know. I don't know. And I, I, what baffles me is we went to Port Vale, we scored five goals from set pieces out of six. And since then, it's, we've been woeful, really yeah. poor. But we've been scoring from open play. You know, Northampton, we scored three goals from open play. I don't think we'd scored that from open play all season until we, until we bloody got in the FA Cup. So... Um, which segues as nicely, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So, um, right, FA Cup, uh, Everton away in uh, first weekend of January. If we have it's covered been conf- a bit. Yeah, a little bit. We've um, The allocation has been confirmed of 5,500 tickets for imps and um, somewhat predictably, there's been a bit of a grumble. And I've got to say, I don't really have a problem with it. But then I probably wouldn't do because I'm a season ticket holder. Um, I mean, you've you've done a, a very fair and balanced piece, I think, on uh, on the blog about the, the situation, and I think there's a lot of people complaining. Oh well, I've been to all the games, I've been to all the cup games, and I've not got a season ticket, so I'm not going to go and all this. Well, I'm sorry, but the club of it's the same every year. You know, it's always been the same. Even with the the Arsenal game, when that happened, um, the club put out a statement and they basically said, "Look, you need to be a season ticket holder because we've got a commitment to season ticket holders that we make at the beginning of the season. It's part of the contract that you sign when you buy your season ticket. That if we get to a point where we're selling games for a cup, the season ticket holders will get priority." And I'm sorry, that's that's the way it works. It's the, it's the way it works with all of the clubs. You know, every club in the country is going to have some sort of membership scheme or, you know, season ticket holder priority. And I, I can't really see... I mean, I can see why people are pissed off because they, you know, they might be missing the game. But ultimately, the club have got a contractual obligation to make sure that the season ticket holders and my imps members are, are taken care of before they go on general sale. Now... Whether people are moaning about the the fact that Everton haven't given us the full 
fifteen percent of um of, of the available uh capacity of the ground. I think Liam Scully's come out on Twitter and said, "Look, we've done what we could do to to convince them to give as many as we put, they could possibly give us. They've actually given us more than every other game that they've had before uh in the league or cup until uh, I think the, the previous highest was Chelsea in a quarter final if I'm not mistaken. But 2016 there we go so yeah you know they've not they've not given any club for the past two years any more tickets than we've got now that's not bad for for little lincoln city is it and let's be honest i, I don't know i i, I can't I, I don't think the club was in a position where they could win on this one uh what are your thoughts yeah i don't really have any on it i, I i've kind of made my uh, sorry <laughs> i've made <laughs> i've made the point on the blog i just think yeah, the ridiculous sense of entitlement. I can't remember whether it's Chelsea at Forest or vice versa, but I think there's the away team there have been given 2,900 tickets and I'll make do with it. Um, we're yeah. a league three side. Goodison Park holds 39,000. They can sell 30,000 tickets all day long, no matter who they play. Why the hell should they? Um, they've given us as much as they can safely. The FA, if Everton had shortchanged us, the FA would be involved, and they haven't. They haven't shortchanged us. They've given us as much as they can give us, based on the fact we want fifteen percent. You know, I mean, if if they were yeah. playing uh, Mansfield or something like that, they would probably try and fob them off with two or three thousand. And Mansfield has struggled to sell them. Mm. If, you know, we're not entitled to anything, and it's that sense of entitlement. And, and um, you know, I'm I'm not getting drawn into oh, it's the fans that weren't here before Oldham because it's not. It's a little bit of everybody. It's it's not about when you started supporting the team. It's about the personality you've got. And some people have an incent, a sense of entitlement. Some people think, well, we could easily sell it. They should give us more. No, they shouldn't. It's their house. It's like this. Yeah. If you have a party at your house, right, and you can get each of your friends in and you give them, uh, you know, like four cakes and a can of beer each. The friends won't start going, well, you, you've got 10 cans of beer in there. We could all have two each. At the end of the day, it's, it's their house. It's my beer. <laughs> yeah. And they've given us as much as they possibly can. The, the, the main problem, as I say, in my mind, is with the the way that the tickets are divvied up. Um, I, I personally don't believe that my IMPS members should get 20% of the tickets. I think it's grossly unfair when 5,000 people have forked out 300 quid upwards for a season ticket that some of those may have to then get lumped in with somebody that pay, pays, what, a tenner a month? I don't know how much it is of my imps. If, yeah. For me, that's not on. Um, yeah, give them, okay, open up 10%, 5%, but 20% is a lot of tickets. It's 500 tickets. I think it's tenner a season. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Tenner a season. Yeah. And they're getting, not first dibs, because the se- I get that the season ticket holders come back into it, but they it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and my understanding of the, the my imps, uh, thing was was due to reduced ticket prices and having a membership scheme allows you to, to keep the away. You know, there's a lot of politics behind it. Um, it's a great scheme. You know, you can save money on your home tickets. I get guaranteed home tickets over people that just turn up. But for big games away from home, my imps shouldn't be factored in. I think that personally, and I'll you know I'll happily debate it with anybody. I think the club are trying too hard to placate the my imps. But we'll see. At the end of the day, if I get a ticket on Friday, I'm not going to be as bothered about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, Jack. Um, but it's there isn't there could be an issue there, which on this occasion I would I would side with the season ticket holder. Um, but what a brilliant position to be in to even be debating this. At the end of the day, yeah. we're going to take five thousand five hundred people for an FA Cup tie. 
hell of a lot more than we took to Bolton, hell of a lot more than we even took to Ipswich in the in the third round, however many years ago. Phenomenal away away support, unbelievable. And yeah. you know, just because little Johnny, who's been an Everton fan, who doesn't come and watch Lincoln, but would love to go with his dad, who's a season ticket holder, don't get one. That's tough, isn't it? Little Johnny should support Lincoln. Yeah, you know, or the people that go, oh, I'd like to have a weekend away with my missus, but my missus don't come to watch Lincoln. Well, unfortunately, she'll have to go shopping in Liverpool for three hours, though, won't she? Of course, she will. At the end of the day, the five and a half thousand people that should be in that ground should be the Lincoln City fans. And if we've got five and a half thousand season ticket holders or five and a half thousand tickets available you know the maths makes sense to me it shouldn't be well let's try and accommodate this lot or that lot no it should just be as i've said 100 percent, and I, I think i agree with you on that because the my my feeling is you know if you if you have six and a half thousand season ticket holders or six thousand whatever the actual number is my personal opinion it, it kind of lines up with yours i i think if you've got that many season ticket holders you should be they should be on the pedestal. I know it's it's easy for me to say that because, you know, I am a season ticket holder. But if I wasn't a season ticket holder, I would completely understand that somebody at the start of the season that's willing to commit their, you know, their, their money and their time to, to putting into the club at that point. And I, you know, I do get the arguments. I, I fully understand the arguments that are there where people say, oh, well, I can't afford a season ticket at the start of the season, or I, I can't get the finance for it, or I don't know whether I'm going to be working for the games or anything like that. I understand that. But from a purely black and white statistical point of view, the club need to have some way of deciding what's fair and what's not. And ultimately, sadly, I think what a lot of people are saying is what's fair and what's not is have I got a ticket? Yes, then it's fair. Have I got a ticket? No, then it's not fair. And that's not really how it works, unfortunately. I mean, there's so. been talk about the Eventbrite um, system and they go, well, you could have reward points. And if you go away to games, you accrue points. And there's a lot of reasons why that won't work. Um, they say then that fans who have means will buy tickets to games they're not even going to go to so that they can go and get allocated tickets for the big games, which... Sounds ludicrous. I bought a season ticket that I've sat in three times this season, knowing full well or, or expecting without sounding kind of greedy. But, you know, I know that at times Chris from Running In will very kindly ask me to, to be a guest in his box and, and I will go there. And I know that um, my season ticket won't be used every week. But, you know, I make I make that investment. I do understand that there are other circumstances and it's really easy for me and you to sit here as season ticket holders and go, this is what I believe. Um, and if it was different, may, I, I'm not saying that were I not the guy who I who messaged, I don't know if you've read the blog, but a guy messaged me and basically said, well, look, I, I go watch Lincoln every week. Some weeks mm. I'm with the junior imps because my, my, my kids want to go. Sometimes I'm in the stands because my wife wants to go, but I'm there every week. But a season ticket model doesn't suit me. Kind of get yeah. that. Kind of get that. Um, but it's how you manage it. That's the thing, you know, and there's that famous saying in there about you can't please all the people all the time or whatever. And I just, unfortunately, whenever this happens, there's going to be arguments. Look at the Arsenal game. People were falling yeah. out and we got nearly 10,000 tickets. You know, and I mean, I blocked a guy on um, Facebook and possibly any other social media because I thought he was just spouting utter bollocks about, well, we were told there was no tickets available. I turned up on the day and bought three. He was moaning because he'd bought three tickets and got in. Because they were on sale on the day. I just honestly, do you know what? <laughs> and and it's it's the same as some of the the texts and pe- some of the people that are, sorry the messages on on social media. And some of the people I've seen are people that I've got respect for. People, you know, I don't want to have people thinking that I'm bad mouthing them on on the podcast or whatever. They're just like Jesus, get a grip, man. 
honestly, mm. I, it's you know, but it's easy to say because I've got a season ticket and ninety-five percent chance that I'll probably be at Everton. But anyway, there we go. What else we got to yeah. talk about then? Uh, so we've got the, the other thing is the uh, the youth team game. Uh, obviously, that was broadcast live on Radio Lincolnshire on uh, Tuesday night. I, I, I've got a you know I've got to hold my up to hold my hands up and say that's fantastic. You know how many other local radio stations would dedicate their programming on a Tuesday night to a youth team game that's being played in West Bromwich? And also, fair play to the club for putting on the free transport for season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. I think it, you know all around it's been handled incredibly well and from by all accounts it sounded like it was you know the first half was was really good for the club and you know kids made a a, a good showing of themselves um and ultimately succumbed to what are a, a top side in terms of, of youth football and the setup that they've got there but it sounded really promising i mean Adebayo Smith sounded like he he ran right again yeah i i, I tend to agree with that i think when it comes to radio lincolnshire by the way let's not forget that they do have a big long program on a tuesday to try and fill uh with a <laughs> lincoln city based so if there's going to be a game on of, of that sort of magnitude you know it pays to go along there and i think um no brilliant because you know rob on you know, they didn't just send someone to cover it they you know they could mark hone was there as well so their coverage is fantastic mm-hmm. i know that there are com- competitors in the podcast market and i know that rob's style Garner's criticism because we we had a look at some of the criticism he gets um, last time I was on the radio, but I, I yeah that it's brilliant and the club yeah the the club want the youngsters to feel like they're part of of something I think that's Danny's mythology um, you know Lincoln City isn't just a senior squad it isn't just a Saturday afternoon. Um, it, it, it's a much wider thing than that, and I, I think that that's shone through with the with the free transport. Look, they're outclassed. Mm. They weren't outfought. Yeah. They weren't outbattled. the The application was there. The intent was always there. But these are kids that were Premier League youngsters last year. It's Category A academy, I believe. Um, yeah, but they did very, very well. You know, they were they were beaten by a by a score, fair enough. Um, but we got forward, we scored a goal. We, we tried to match them where we could. And like you say, Adebayo Smith, big future. Um, I like the boy at the back. Is it Bucci who um, can play left back or centre back? He looks handy. Tim yeah. Akinola, like the look of Akinola as well. The Sartorius, who's um, superb. I mean, obviously, Alice Chapman is is Alice. We know that. Um, yeah, a lot of good players in that youth team and. We've seen it before in the past. You know, I remember Keith's youth team of the early nineties. I've talked about it on here with you know, Huckabee, Ben Dixon, Matt Carbon, um, Cassio Cini. There was Steve Parkinson, who was a local lad. Steve Williams. You know, they were they were a good team. And if we can get two or three players out of that youth team and do what Crew did, you know, and, and build them up and eventually farm them off. Um, I mean, they've got a lad just come mm. through now who's who's phenomenal. You know, that that is the ultimate aim. So. Big, big thing from yesterday. Big thing indeed. And well done to Damien Froggart, who I know he's not directly managing the team, but that guy's worked his arse off all the way through the National League when players were going left, right and centre. And, you know, it must have literally been you're trying to hang on to your assets and you're finding it hard. You've got no protection. Um, so, uh, you know, he's a good guy and I'm pleased for him as well. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was nice to listen to. Um, and I think there was... Mark Hone's coming for some stick. Actually, I saw on you know on on some social media where Mark Hone's coming for a little bit of stick for calling out um, 
calling out Ellis's performance. And I think listening when I was listening to it at the time, he was very careful to say, "Look, I'm not having a go, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not slating the lad, but he's. It, it, I think he's he's struggling to adapt back into youth team football, or you know, he, he's been in the first team, and I don't know if it's a case of, oh well, I'm you know." He wasn't getting too big for his boots. That's not what he was saying at all. And I think it was um, the, the criticism that I saw of Mark Hone was I personally felt it was unfair because the way that he was putting the the opinion across on the radio was I, I thought it was valid. He, he, you know, he like we said earlier, he was giving his reasons. He was stating, you know, I think this is a difficult. It's potentially difficult for Ellis to, to roll back into youth team when he's he's been in the first team and. It, he didn't use. He he was really hard to was trying really hard. Sorry to avoid the word disinterested, um, because he said you know it's it's it, he almost seems like he is disinterested, but he he isn't. And I think people have taken that to heart because Ellis is you know Ellis is one of our own. And he's 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 the the young lad that is he's doing what he can do at the moment to get into the first team. But I think maybe take a bit of a step back and 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 listen back to the commentary i think it was i i personally don't think it was overly harsh i think it was it was a fair criticism of, of what was going on in the game at the time so um yeah, yeah I, fair enough. I think overall more of that please radio lincolnshire it was uh it was it was really nice to get that sort of slightly alternative view of uh, things going on with the club so all i'd say about mark hone and I, I like mark i used to actually i babysat for danny once mark didn't know i was um Friendly with the babysitter, um, but <laughs> that was a while ago now. When he was a kid, and you know, wait for Mark to go out, and it was uh, I was around at her house. I was I knew her parents. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't mean. I was just snuck around there, and he had the Crystal Palace um, memorabilia on his wall. If I remember when you first walked in the door. And um, but anyway, the only thing I'd say about Mark Hone is when I'm listening to his interview uh, when he interviews Lee Sinnott from Gainsborough post game on my drive home. Um, he does annoy he, not annoy me. I noticed that. His questions are always a lot longer than a usual pundit because he's answering them at the same time. And I think as an ex-pro, he's kind of he's giving his opinion on the game as a pundit, and then he's asking the question to Lee Sinnott. And sometimes I think, just ask Lee Sinnott fucking question, Mark. Tell us your opinion afterwards. Don't tell Lee. He's telling Lee Sinnott what he thinks of the game. Don't tell Lee. You know, have a conversation <laughs> with him. But I like Mark. I like Mark Hone. I, you know, I think he's got good personality. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't hear that criticism. I've not seen that criticism. To be fair, I thought everything he said last night was perfectly fair. Um, he's calling it as he sees it. At the end of the day, yeah. no, Ellis. Yeah, no, nobody's above that kind of critique. They can't be. It's how you deliver it. And I thought no. Mark was very careful how he delivered it. So, yeah, no problem for me at all. Okay. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. Um, we are. Oh, we've. I tell you what. I've not prepared. Well, I've not prepared our play Boston holiday. Oh, you better pick three players quick then. While you I'm do not, that, I'll just I'll mention um, Kieran Sadlier, who we think was one of the players that Danny went to look at in Ireland. Um, we're we're going to do a transfer window special to, to for you to listen to between Christmas and New Year. Um, but sadly, assigned for Doncaster this week, um, and I think it's I think that's an indication of the level of play. If indeed Danny was watching him, but sadly, he played in the uh, the. Irish Cup final. Um, I think he scored. I can't actually remember. Possibly so. I think it was 2-1, wasn't it? He played for Cork. Um, so he's signed for Doncaster. So 
uh, interesting acquisition for them. But I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see somebody come in from Ireland ourselves um, in the next couple of weeks. But we'll we'll cover that, won't we, in our Christmas special? Yeah. So we obviously we've got the games uh, over the Christmas period. So we, you know, we're we're, we're guys with 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 lives. I mean. Mm-hmm. Some may argue the fact, um, but you know we we have things that we do outside of uh, outside of football. So we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna potentially get together over the Christmas week. So what we're gonna do, um, as you say, next week is is get the normal podcast out where we're gonna look across all of the Christmas games uh, running up to New Year, and then we will get a special recorded towards the end of the week, uh, which will go out over between Christmas and New Year. Um, which will be the transfer window sort of look ahead, I guess, is probably the, the best way to put it. Yeah, I'd say so. Sorry, what's this um, life outside of football? Yeah. Ben, I write for a football website. When I'm not <laughs> writing for a football website, I'm running one of my own. I've just started picked up another one. I, I do freelance work, which specifically next to my name says only send him football stuff. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> We've got a family party on the 29th of December in Cambridge, which has fallen really nicely um, because of the football. It's <laughs> literally, I, I eat, breathe and sleep football. If it wasn't for the beautiful game, I, I, I just think I, I wouldn't exist. Um, anyway, yeah. So. You literally eat football. Yeah, eat my football. What's that? That... that, <laughs> that um, Rob Webb, not Rob Webb, the other one, David Mitchell. You seen that David Mitchell spoof advert where he's going, the football, the never-ending football. They meet next week to see who wins until the week after. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love David. I love David Mitchell. Anyway, uh, we will we'll do our play Boston holiday. Or was that the wording we came up with? Yeah, something. Um, So. Okay, you you gave me one last week, so I think uh, I'll I'll give you uh, give one give you one to think about this week. It's probably going to be slightly different to the ones that we had last week, where it was three of the best. So, uh, right, let's go with we've got Drew Broughton, <laughs> we've got Ben oh, Hutchinson, bollocks, Ben, I'm not doing this, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Elliot Parrish. Oh Jesus! All right. Well, obviously, uh, obviously, the the free transfer to Boston is Drew Broughton. Um, I don't, you know, whatever. I'm not, I know he's had tough times and all that sort of stuff. But in a Lincoln City shirt, he was utter, utter garbage, terrible. Um, I'm gonna have to say play for the rest of the season, uh, Ben Hutchinson. Um, because he did score a couple of goals. Yeah, I'm going to have to. He scored a couple of goals for us. I know we're the worst fans in the world, but at least if he plays for the rest of the season, we can keep telling him that he's one of the worst strikers in the world. And at the end of the day, like if we get him around in a Danny team, who knows? You know, Danny seems to be able to turn players into something different from what they are, which means I've got to go an oldie with Elliot Parrish. Now he's going to be probably on one of the club 18 to 30s. He's still going to be a young kid, isn't he? Well, I say young kid, he's still going to be like in his <laughs> mid-20s. So might be a banger, you never know. Get out there, some of Columbia's finest. Not for me personally, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Ibiza, rocking around and that. Or we could go on a nice uh, nice walking holiday and uh, I could get in and view with him for the podcast. Uh, so how would you, anyway, which three, which, which way are you going at? Uh, I, I would probably agree with you for the same reasons. Um, I mean, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Elliot Parrish there and, and Columbia's finest. I had no idea he was a fan of coffee. Uh, it's... <laughs> 
<laughs> to finish off, if, if anyone's got Spotify, deli- uh, go for uh, search to Half Man Half Biscuits new album uh, and re uh, listen to the song. I think it's called Columbia's Finest, and it's it, it's that's that's kind of what made me think about it. I mean, Half Man Half Biscuit, one of my favourite bands. I know he's a Tranmere fan. Um, but the, just the lyrics, it goes something like what made Columbia famous has made a prick out of you. And I just, when you, when you listen to the lyrics, brilliant. There's my music tip. Oh, that's ace. Um, I'll give that a listen. Actually. I've not, I've not yeah, listened to half man, half biscuit for, for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know what? They've got so many good albums. They, there's another song on that album called swerve in the checker trade, <laughs> which, um, what is it? It goes, I'd rather look upon your curves, uh, than suffer Ipswich town reserves. <laughs> which just seems brilliant. Swerve in the checker trade with you. So yeah, <laughs> honestly, half man, half Bob Wilson, Anchorman. Anyway, I'm reminiscing now. So carry <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. Yeah, no worries. So, um, is there anything that you want to plug this week before we uh, before we disappear? Yeah, Drew Broughton's services. I think uh, after what I've just said about him, honestly, do check him out because he does have a quite a good message. And just because personally, uh, he's one of my least favorite players of all time, it doesn't mean that what he's saying's uh, crap. Um, but as for me, do I want to plug anything? Not really. No, I'm not really selling anything at the minute. My books are still available on uh, on the Amazon, which you can get on. Uh, They'd be a, be a great Christmas present, even if, if somebody's got one, buy them another one. If they've read the first one, the second one might be different. Um, so, yeah, go on the Amazon, search Gary Hutchinson and buy my books. There you go. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll plug the gaming website as well, Next Gen Base. It's coming up to our Game of the Year time, so uh, we've played a lot of stuff this year, so we're hoping to uh, to get all God the games War. together. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. I'm not going uh, to give it away, but there's uh, <laughs> there are some very well, good games that have been released. Literally 10 seconds, let me tell you something. Fallout 76, don't believe the shite. It's actually a great game. Loving it. We gave it Absolutely. 3 out of 10. Did you? I'm loving it. Absolutely <laughs> loving it. Only if, only if you have a brother who you only connect with when you really play on games because of the distance and the uh, and modern life and who you've always played Fallout games and discussed with. We're loving it. Genuinely, we are. So okay. It's buggy. It's awkward. But... Yeah. Anyway, people don't want to hear that. No. A friend, I bet uh, when we get... Sorry, yeah, go I, was, I was going to say that the guy that reviewed it for us said uh, the, the excuse of it's fun with friends doesn't really hold much water because he said, uh, I'm pretty sure that if I got subjected to Chinese water torture with my mate Dave, I'd be able to look him in the eyes and shrug my shoulders as if to go, what a fine mess we've gotten into this time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I get his point. And I bet there's a whole raft. <laughs> people that when we say have you got anything to plug kill the podcast because they know we're just going to talk about gaming and whatever i'm selling at the moment probably yeah um, yeah but i yeah i just think it's a good game i really do and i'm going to drop on that hitman at 20 quid anyway hitman's 20 quid buy it, it. Anyway, yes yeah. um yeah we'll see you next week guys thank you for joining us take care cheers all bye, bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.